0: Take a look at the structure of your organization, where you do business, how you do business, and try to consider what might be the best for you. It may be that there are multiple board committees who are already handling some of these issues, and that disparate approach could work if there's a central coordination point. But there does need to be that coordination. And if you don't have visibility across all areas of ESG, you'll run into the siloed problem that Every board has an oversight that they're not getting the full picture or the full amount of information, which allows them to put together the full picture for the company and its future short and long-term strategy. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. In this episode of the ESG Report, I want to take a look at the role of board and management and their responsibilities in ESG governance. I was inspired by an article by Jugurta Ashley from Thompson Hine and Randy Val Morrison from the Society of Corporate Governance, which was published last week on the Harvard Law School Forum on Corporate Governance. The role of the board of directors regarding ESG is, as with all obligations of the board, oversight. ESG has a broad set of issues ranging from human capital and compensation to climate change, environmental deforestation, water and waste management to supply chain. Obviously, some of these issues are interrelated, and many are still evolving. There is no consensus right now on key topics or issues encompassed under the ESG categories, but this really gives you the opportunity as the ESG professional or the compliance professional to stake out your own ground. However, investors and other stakeholders may also have different views, and those views may be changing with regard to which topics and issues are the most important for corporate disclosure, for measurement, for testing, and of course, for investment. ESG issues may also vary on a wide variety of other factors company specifics, where do you do business, your industry group, your size, your operations. And frankly, your business model. So, what's the role of ESG in a franchise operation? This really has a breadth of issues that potentially could be ESG. Obviously, at this point, there's a lack of investor consensus on preferences and priorities, but I would say they want to see some demonstrable and verifiable results, although this area is continuing to evolve and determining how. Board oversight of ESG issues should occur is also not only changing, but it can be a challenge. ESG issues are frequent discussions in a wide variety of places in the corporate setting, including boardrooms with increasing frequency. And many companies are considering enhanced board oversight and indeed management responsibility for business relevant ESG issues. So, what are the different types of structure of board oversight? Well, the authors make clear that there's no one-size-fits-all approach for allocating ESG responsibilities among board and their committees, and the delegations of responsibilities, of course, can change over time. How board oversight is affected at any given company depends on a wide variety of company factors, company's business and industry, board composition and culture, board committee structure, composition, scopes of responsibilities and workloads the existing company processes relating to compliance, CSR, ERM, and other similar programs, ESG-related functional areas, the significance of particular ESG issues to a company. So if you're in energy, the E may be higher, whereas if you are in uh, transportation or logistics, the S for supply chain may be higher, management-level expertise and staffing. Key for companies is to develop an oversight structure with accountability, which can include both corporate charters and corporate governance guidelines, as well as internal processes and procedures, which are appropriate for your organization. That's certainly going to be something that every compliance professional has heard, and indeed something that you practice in your compliance program. It should be appropriate for your company. Companies should then develop corresponding disclosures to inform investors, and all stakeholders as to how the board is overseeing these issues and the oversight supported by appropriate documentation and processes. So what are some of the ways to allocate ESG oversight responsibilities within a board? Well, board oversight of ESG can be with the full board, an existing board committee, or a newly formed, dedicated ESG committee. It can be shared by the full board and one or more committees or other committees covering ESG issues within their charter mandates. Companies can use a variety of these approaches, even absent a process to allocate ESG oversight responsibilities. Existing boards can often oversee some ESG-related matters or even components of them. Companies should select the approach that is most effective for them based upon Some of the factors we discussed above and some additional factors. Company examples could include a potential spectrum of approaches to oversight of ESG issues. And in some benchmarking data and companies, it can be difficult to distinguish whether the oversight of ESG issues should be within the full board or committee or something different. Most companies allow their board to retain ultimate oversight over ESG issues, just as they do. If there's a compliance committee or indeed audit committee at a board. So what are some of the approaches that we've looked at or we authors rather suggest you consider? Well, number one is the full board. Since an effective ESG strategy is aligned and incorporated with the company's long-term business strategy, many boards may retain primary oversight for sustainability at the full board level. This full board approach may be particularly suitable for smaller companies or smaller boards with a limited number of independent directors who may serve on all board committees. Although this approach can raise the profile of ESG within a company, the board may not have sufficient time on its agenda to examine the depth of ESG issues. And every compliance professional probably understands what it means to go from a one-hour meeting quarterly to 45 minutes to 30 to even 15 minutes. So that can be a problem. Usually, however, companies employ a mix of the full board and committee oversight, which may consist of, for example, standing committees retaining continued responsibility for discrete matters until they are delegated to other board committees. This approach is selected. The aim should be that the full board focus on the most significant ESG matters, rather, with board committees undertaking areas relevant to their oversight. So, for instance, the audit committee could take on Compensation, perhaps HR, and even compliance. ESG can be assigned to an existing board committee, and it may be more effective to delegate oversight of ESG to such a committee. The author suggests the nominating governance committee. I would add compliance and audit committees may also be appropriate, particularly when the development of the ESG strategy is a relatively new one for the company. If this undertaking is significant, it could really increase the work at that committee level. However, this approach can help integrate ESG considerations into business functions, particularly when those issues are not directly linked to short-term reputational, financial, or risk considerations. There are companies that use this approach, and they're changing the names of those committees in a way that signals their responsibility. So, for instance, you could have an ESG committee. Other companies have maintained sustainability-focused committees, and this could certainly be an additional option for you. Another approach would be to create a new board committee. And here a standalone committee to oversee sustainability or ESG is another option that companies may wish to consider. This allows, or rather this approach could provide a forum for regular and in depth discussions of ESG, but may present the risk of separating ESG from broader business, finance, and strategic discussions. And I would add perhaps even compliance. A standalone sustainability or ESG committee Needs to be structured to include chairs from other representative committees, compliance, audit, perhaps compensation, nominating governance, or risk committees, so that you have a broad spectrum of not only viewpoints but approaches that you can take. By having one committee rather than multiple committees, this approach can streamline board reporting on ESG matters and facilitate coordination across committees. Fourth approach is multiple existing board committees for oversight of discrete ESG matters. As we've mentioned, several committees, current board committees, audit, compensation, compliance, nomination, governance, risk, and perhaps others could be assigned oversight of discrete ESG matters that are most consistent with both their responsibility and expertise without the specific involvement of the full board. Allocating responsibilities to such a committee with the expertise and knowledge could provide or improve, rather, effectiveness of the board oversight. Since many ESG matters already fall within existing committee's area of responsibilities, this would seem like a logical extension. So what are companies currently doing? Well, almost 50%, according to a EY survey, are having ESG overseen by the full board. 1% has the compensation committee, 8% has the audit committee, 10% have other board-level committees, and then 20% to the Nominating and Governance Committee. So you can see from this survey that there are a wide variety of approaches that have been taken. So let's maybe flip it around a little bit. And how about reporting up to the board? Well, this, I think, is a question that many compliance professionals have struggled with or are struggling with. So I think the first thing to do is assess your boards of directors' ESG competencies. And much like with the new wave of Caremark decisions out of the Delaware courts, boards need to adequately inform themselves to address, assess uh, material issues around ESG. And although the expertise of a board on a particular ESG topic can be gained through study, At some point, directors will need to be trained on their role in oversight of ESG matters. Some companies choose to add directors with specific uh, areas of expertise in ESG, any of the prongs, ES or G, and companies should consider ways to enhance their ESG competence, according to SEC Commissioner Allison Heron Lee. So all efforts can include incorporating ESG considerations into their nominating process, In order to recruit directors that can bring ESP expertise to the board, training and education are going to be key. What about ESG topics and metrics to share with the board? Once again, ESG metrics are determined to be most significant to the company, should be reported to the board. ESG-oriented presentations to the board show progress against established targets, meaning you have to set some metrics and then you have to report against those metrics, and they have to be verifiable. You certainly don't want to be accused of greenwashing. And there's a breadth and scope and distinctiveness of potential ESG topics. Unfortunately, there's no uniform template for or dashboard for ESG issues or metrics. What about frequency of reporting to the board? Once again, there's no single approach which has gained favor or is the correct approach as to how often management should report on ESG issues to the board. Practices vary on company size board oversight structure, management staffing, etc., etc., etc. And indeed, even the different ESG prongs may likely warrant a different reporting process and cadence of reporting. Nevertheless, it's clear the authors believe a regular reporting cadence is important in light of the director's fiduciary oversight. At many companies, the full board receives the overall ESG strategy and investor engagement and communications at least annually. This will be, I think, something that compliance professionals are very familiar with. Discrete ESG issues such as climate change, DEI, human capital, ethics and compliance, supply chain, sourcing, etc., may have different cadences and may be reported on more often. When a specific board committee is delegated, more detailed oversight of the company's ESG strategy and may be reported, and of course, there can be more meetings. Around the specific topic. So, the bottom line is there is no one right answer or one right way for a board of directors to oversee ESG. It appears at this point nearly 50% of all companies that at least PWC surveyed, or rather EY surveyed, have the full board overseeing ESG. That can be good in terms of overall board awareness, but it can be bad because your time before a full board is, is going to be diluted, subject to change. And as every chief compliance officer knows, you can be relegated down from your hour annual presentation to 10 to 15 minutes pretty quickly if there's something else going on that the board deems more appropriate. So take a look at the structure of your organization, where you do business, how you do business, and try to consider what might be the best for you. It may be that there are multiple board committees who are already handling some of these issues, and that disparate approach could work if there's a central coordination point. But there does need to be that coordination. And if you don't have visibility across all areas of ESG, you'll run into the siloed problem that every board has in oversight that they're not getting the full picture or the full amount of information which allows them to put together the full picture for the company and its future short and long-term strategy.